welcome to Travel, Eat, and Learn. I'm Susan Sam Shockley. And I'm Patrick Barney. And Sam, before we start the show, I have a bone to pick with our viewers. Now, last week, I gave you four options for Mardi Gras this month, at the end of this month, that you didn't have to go to New Orleans. You go to St. Louis, Pensacola, a couple other, where there were great parties. And I simply asked you to email me some great Mardi Gras events in your state. We got zip. We got zitto. Now, that tells me one or two things. Either you don't care, or you watch our show because you're in a state that doesn't do anything. <laughs> or okay? you're not watching at all. Not, not. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, I'm going to ask you to do something at the end of the show today. And I want a response from someone other than Barb. Okay? Because <laughs> we appreciate everything Barb does for us, but I want to hear another voice. All right? All right. Well, our, our title says it all. Travel. Because we believe the world is a book, and for those who do not travel, they only read one page. Eat. We believe that the best way to experience a place is to eat with the locals. And learn. We want you to learn while you enjoy the cultures and the cuisines that you experience on your trips. Well, thanks for watching this show. It's being brought to you by For More Travel. Where you dream it and they make it happen. Who are they? We, we. <laughs> Sam, does, Sam does all the work, I take all the credit. Okay, that's my job. Yes. It's a man's world. Okay, well, but maybe oh, right in for that, yes, right in for Trump. that. Okay, at least get some action going. Come on, get off the couch, you women, and give me an answer. All right. Now it's time for some news we can use about What I'm going to talk about today, or give you some insights into something that is dear to my heart, Delta Airlines is bringing back free food in coach. Yay! Okay, no longer do we have to sit next to somebody who brought rank French fries in from the, the deep fryer and so forth. No, they're coming back, they're adding gourmet food, as this sandwich shows you, and actually it's healthy and it's gourmet. You Note know, the little brownie down there under the potato chips. This is coming back, unfortunately, only for transcontinental uh, flights. In other words, the first one is going to be from like New York to LA, and they're only going to be those ones that are at least like four or five year hours in the air. But it's coming back, and if Delta starts it, which they will this month, or first of March, I believe, then other people will do it. So, Coach, hang on there. I really feel bad sitting in front first class eating something warm and tasty <laughs> when you're back there chewing on those peanuts. I really feel for you. So, hang in there. The Lord is coming. Okay? I'm the only one who loves airline food. Yes, you're right. You are the only one who loves airline food. And banquet food. Now, we're still in February, obviously. Those of you who know the date, the months. But next month is St. Patrick's Day, one of my favorite. It's right up there with Christmas and Easter, okay? But, I, you know, Green I'm getting a little... alligators and okay, long right. geese. They don't know what that is. Camels and Save some that for next show. Next some show. cats and rats and elephants. All right, this sure is a perfect lead-in. I was going to say, when people say St. Patrick's Day, they simply say... The loveliest why, of all is the why unicorn. Go, why do you go to a bar? Where, which bar do you go to? What I'm trying to say... Uh, here are three examples of where you can add a little culture to your St. Patrick's Day. Go, 
go to a museum. And I've got just the museums for you to go to. The first one, of course, is George Washington's gristmill. Good old George right there in Northern Virginia. He, was, he had his own distillery. God love him. And notice, when he became president, nobody asked him to give that up or sign it over to a trust. We lived in Virginia for 26 years. You could throw a rock from where we lived to this gristmill. We were never, ever there. I drove by it every day. That's not, <laughs> that's, I drove by it every day. Okay, he didn't make the type of whiskey I liked. The other museum you want to go to, of course, oh, is in Bartstown, Kentucky. It's the Oscar Zotz. Zotz? <laughs> God, don't make me laugh. <laughs> it's a museum of bourbon. Ooh. Now, what would you, I mean, you go to the museum, Ooh. you learn all about bourbon, then you take the bourbon trail and just have a great St. Patrick's week, okay? Another museum you have to look at, of course, is New Orleans. They just opened a museum dedicated to cocktails only, since they claim to have made the first cocktail in the United States in 1840. They now have a, a whole museum just dedicated to different cocktails. So that's another museum. And of course, if you go in New York, there's the Francis Tavern Museum, which is where Washington said goodbye to his troops after the uh, Revolutionary War. No, I thought he and said it's that a great, no, 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 that's, Gatsby's Tavern. That's the second time. That's the, the second, second time. time. Okay, he's like everybody else to. in politics. They came, they went, they came back. They went, they went, they went. <laughs> but that's, that's a great historic building and a great museum uh, of the Revolutionary Day. Then, of course, you have to go to Dublin. Dublin is, does a whole thing on the history of whiskey in general. Remember, the Irish started the first whiskey distillery in 1604. Four or oh eight, who cares? At that time, you didn't remember. Anyhow. Was that Kilbegan? No, 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 no. That we was Bushmills. That was Bushmills. Bushmills. Yes. Oh, okay, wow. that was the first one. I wasn't listening. I was I drinking. I know you don't. And of course, so that's in Dublin. And the last one you wouldn't think of going to, Carsdale, uh, Kinsale, Ireland, because they have an Irish museum dedicated to wine. Now tell me, hey. What are the Irish doing with wine? Can you believe this? What's Michigan doing with wait wine? Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> the whole thing about the Irish and the wine is when the wild geese, which were Irish knights, were thrown out of Ireland by the English, they went to France. And many of the old wineries in France were started by Irishmen. So they decided to bring that history and culture back to a museum in south, southwestern, um, I guess, in, yeah, almost due south Ireland is where it is. But so even the Irish have a hand in, uh, in wine. So there you go. Now this is a cultural thing that you can do, Sam. Learn something on your St. Patrick's Day. Just don't drink away your memories. Create new ones. Okay? And I can't remember any of them. Well, we, all right. So keeping with that, it's time for Ice Cube Jazz. First of all, I want to say that I got a lot of grief from people unnamed about my <laughs> faded rose last week, okay? I thought it was clever. Scott thought it stunk. I thought it was he very clever. He wasn't the only one. I'm telling you. I, so as a result, I'm not messing around. I just, plain and simple, I'm a naturalist. 
I brought Bushmills, one of the best Irish whiskeys ever made, and that's what I'm drinking on the rocks. Nothing added to it, just the perfect though. And I brought my St. Patrick's drink, which, because if I'm going to drink all night long, I'm going to drink beer, light beer as a matter of fact, and I'm going to put a shot of snaps in it. Oh my God. Can you believe that? And that just, well, it means that you have a very sweet burp. <laughs> is what it is. Anyway, that's what we're drinking tonight. I don't recommend hers. I recommend mine, okay? Uh, Where now, did we go last week? Yeah, last week, week we, uh, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> Scott, Scott's drinking classy stuff because we gave it to him. <laughs> For his birthday. For his birthday. Remy, uh, Where did we, uh, Remy, Remy Martin. Remy Martin brandy. Now, you know, um, so you know, it, it is, it is like, Putting a rose on a sow's ear or something like this. Oh, you all always say dung heap. Dung heap. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's a great brandy, and uh, uh, he was, let us taste it before the show, so Sam's a little red in the face, that's why. Nothing like brandy and snops <laughs> washed down the beer to make you feel really good. Okay. But last week we went to Herb, 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 yeah, Herb. Urban Rye. Yes. Right around the corner from the studio. Because here. Scott recommended yes, it. Yes, and he was right. The food was absolutely delicious. The of course we don't like well drinks. We like fancy drinks. And we had a great brown derby, which is basically bourbon. However, and stuff. However. I had the leap year, which yeah. tasted like nail polish remover. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> like that. And then I I sent it back and the guy was nice enough to make me a leap year. I mean uh, uh Brown Derby. Brown Derby, and it was delicious, so I had two. But it is an, a nostalgic place. It is a great bar. The place was packed. There were people waiting in line outside. outside. Now, mind you, this is a dump. We On the outside, not inside. The outside, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go in there without a gun. Let's put it that way. Okay? But once and you're in there. And it's so dark, you can't see if someone's about to shoot you. Yeah, but it, it, the food was fantastic, and we got a little vid video to show you what we had. I mean, we just enjoyed ourselves. It was, it was, you know, we had to leave after two hours, but it was really good. Okay. <laughs> so let's take a look at the great food at Herb and Rye. Expected after several brown derbies, but there was nothing better to finish off the early evening with their banana fosters. No, it wasn't banana foster. It was just bread pudding. Bread pudding. I thought there bread were there pudding. were bananas in mine. Didn't bread you get any? Pudding. Nonetheless, I think you're wrong. You didn't see the bananas. Ah. I did. Okay. Anyway, it, it, the you food saw was great. Elephants. We're highly we're highly recommending it. Okay, it really is. It was a great place. And very friendly. I'd like to go back there for a full meal sometime. All right, Sam, it looks like it's time for you to walk on water. Now, you may think that it's easy to choose 
a cabin on a cruise, but I am your travel concierge, and I'm going to tell you that there are not just the four categories you may think, inside, outside, balcony, and suite. There are like more than 20 categories. There is an amazing amount of things you have to think about. Do you want to be fore? Do you want to be aft? Do you want to be port side or the other side? Any <laughs> Just remember, the ship's going to turn around, so you're going to be port side sometime. Okay, before you get too far about all that, you know, you mentioned the four categories. Yeah. Quickly, how is Scott going to show the pictures? Oh. Okay, so in other words, you could say, you know, there's the inside cabin ah! photo. <laughs> Isn't then, it pretty? Yeah, no windows inside, very narrow. This is the place a lot of young people go if all they're going to do is hit the bar of the pool and go change clothes. And then there's the outside cabin where you actually have a window or a porthole. But you actually can possibly get a balcony with a a lifeboat in front of it so that you can have some air. You get a travel agent to find you that one. Now this is the balcony cabin and I have to tell you that the best balconies are on Carnival Cruise Line. And why are they on Carnival Cruise Line? Because they are smack dab to the door of the balcony. And I like to open the door even though they say do not open this door for prolonged periods of time. And I put a chair in there, and then I sleep with my head at the end of the bed. And all of the breezes flow over me all night long. I love that. Now, most of the other ships, like Royal Caribbean... I'm in Caribbean, the bed shivering <laughs> from cold, okay? But she likes it. Most of the other air, uh, cruise lines, they, they put the couch, and then they put the bed. So you get no benefit whatsoever at nighttime sleeping. How about the best cabin? Ah, you want a suite. Look at this suite. It's a two-story suite on Royal Caribbean. And usually two bedrooms on those, right? Exactly. That's where a family should be. And then they, of course, have a fold-out couch. But you have to think about whether you're sea you get seasick or um, do you want to be peaceful and nest on your balcony, or do you want to be out of your room till 1 a.m.? Now, notice now, the picture of the balcony. Most people today want a balcony. So what they've done is they've made more balconies on every ship than anything else. So sometimes you can pay the same for a balcony as for an outside cabin. So you shouldn't just run and to your computer and say, I want an outside cabin, call a travel concierge where they can help you to get the best for your money. For that particular cruise ship, because they're all different on different cruise ships. Exactly. Now, if you look at the pictures of all those balconies, I don't really care what Sam says, you can't get a nest up there. It's <laughs> only in, you can't nest in that, you can nest in the suite, but you can't nest in the typical size balcony. Now, size matters. As you've heard before, uh, most bedrooms in America are about 200 square feet. And some cruise lines afford you 200 square feet, but you can get as little as 114 square feet 
on a cruise ship. So you have to know what's best. Now, do you want to be forward? Do you want to be aft, as I said before? I want to be close to the elevator because as soon as I walk out of my room, I forget the suntan lotion, my sunglasses, a book, or whatever, and I've got to travel back. If you get stuck way far away from the elevator, it's, you're going to have to haul your ass back there to pick up anything. You what know, do you, you want know, to say? You know what I like about being close to the elevator? What? If there's nothing on TV, okay, <laughs> the fun thing is about 1 o'clock to hear the drunks get off the elevator, bang against the wall, and accidentally go down the steps. This is like late show stuff. It's really good. Now, your entry level pricing in for your cabin is going to be a guarantee. They say that there is a possibility that you may upgrade. Now you've got to think back. There's 20 ways that they can upgrade you, but because they will not assign a cabin to you, you are in threatening to get the worst cabin available. Do not let them assign a room to you. Assign your room the minute you make your reservation. It is the way to go. You'll be so much happier. Book at least eight months in advance if you want a good price. Eight months, you've got to think. So like right now in wave season, you can book for September, October, November. I mean, you're going to get a great price and you're going to get amenities that are available. Or if you can't think that long, sometimes 90 days out, all the travel agencies have got to give back their rooms that they're holding for groups. So sometimes, sometimes you can get yourself a deal then, but that's not guaranteed. It's, it's risky business. You've really got to think this out so that you, if you're going to spend the money, make sure that you have the comfort that, that you want, the value that you can afford and have a great experience. I think this is, I think this is important. I, where I think as travel agents, we have a little bit of edge over the computer because, you know, instead of trying to figure out what all these are like, you can talk to your travel agent. You can say, this is what I want. I want to be in the middle of the ship. I want to be on, at least on the ninth floor. I want this size. I want a balcony. I want all that. Now, where is it on this ship that I'm going? And what's the cost? Our kids, and, our kids uh, wanted the cheapest room that they could get. They got 114 square feet with Pullmans that flopped down. And they didn't want their kids to roll out of the Pullmans, so they slept on the floor for seven days. I, I can't believe it. Don't go uh, I've got price a, I've alone. got an even better one. I was in the, uh, in the infirmary one time on a cruise <laughs> ship, okay, uh, just having some intestinal problems and trying to take care of it. And I was talking to an, um, an older man with his wife, and he was very upset because after six days on the cruise, he hasn't had a good night's sleep. And I said, God, I don't know why. I said, you know, my cabin is perfect. He says, well, he said, we got the best, quote, senior deal that they had, and it was really inexpensive. And I said, what's your cabin? And he gave me the number, and I said, hey, you're sleeping one floor up from the engine. Guess what? That's why it's cheap. Two, no, it runs all night because 
cruise ships make up their time in the evening. They make up nice and during the day and so forth, but you go to sleep at 10 o'clock and they suddenly are doing 20, 25 knots. Also, and that engine is moving and that's what you hear every night. Also, don't get stuck underneath the disco because you're never going to sleep until 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Well, you're up to hear the drunks fall down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, but, but other than that, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, unless you've been on a lot of cruises, especially if it's your first cruise, you need someone to help you get through all those weeds. And you need some guidance, and we send out a, a page that helps you negotiate through all the, the, uh, all the things that they put you through. Do not ever buy the transfers from the cruise ship, because what will they do? They will put you and 300 other people in the hotel lobby with your luggage, waiting, waiting, waiting for that bus to come so that you and 50 other people and 10 other buses, 500 other people, get to the terminal at the same time so you are waiting in lines like crazy. Take a cab from your hotel to the cruise ship it's worth and the money. get on. And Listen, if you can take a cane, <laughs> they'll scoot you through handicapped. That's right. That's why I have mine. That's right. There's, there's some advantages to that. Any other tips, Sam, on the cruising? No, I think I've exhausted. All right. Well, then I think it's time to great go-to destination. All right. Well, tonight what I'm talking about is a trend that's going to be very big in 2017. Now, you know that I uh, have been a foodie all my life. I've specialized in food and culinary travels. And it's, the cruise lines have really stopped up the last 10 years and gotten really good with their food and their restaurants and everything like that. Well, now we're starting to see in hotels around the country are starting to do this. And, of course, right now the, some of the best ones are in the, uh, what do you call it, the upper bracket, all right? But some of them are doing some really unique things. And I just want to point out a few things that, that now, it's, it's more than just getting a room with clean sheets, okay? Now there are other things that hotels are starting to offer. One of the biggest things I think is interesting is that, you know, in, your, in Europe, of course, they've always had culinary schools, trip, go to the vineyards, do all this type of stuff. But in the past, what you had to do is you booked your hotel room separately, and then you went to find a ground handler who could book you into these different little things, okay? Which you can still do today, but isn't it nice if your hotel gives you the whole package, says stay with us and we will get you to this vineyard, get you to this cooking school and stuff like that. A lot of them are doing that, and that's a check and see if the hotel is worth it. Again. You know, if you're just looking for a room to sleep in, that, that's not what I'm talking just about. Just remember, I, I was in the hotel business for 25 years, and hotel concierges are little tiny young people who know nothing but who has come to solicit them, so you may not get the best t that they offer. Yes, that's true. Plus, they don't have established programs to help you. But uh, there's another one that I really think you need to know about that I think is really interesting is that there are other hotels that are doing culinary uh, cocktails. And one in particular is in the uh, Gwen Hotel in Chicago. Now, what they offer in their bar area is you can get your own bartender for 30 minutes. 
This guy will stand there with his little cart and he will make specialty drinks, do whatever you want for 30 minutes straight, not being distracted by anyone else. Now, it's, that's good to have if you've got a group. You know, you don't want to do that if you're drinking alone. I mean, you have to get maybe five or six drinks to get you 30, min, uh, 30 minutes in there. But it's just one of those things that the hotels are starting to say is, hey, we want to do more than give you a place to sleep. That is really good. And, of course, they have always done food to fork. We've got one right here in town called um, Table 34 that is a great restaurant for food to fork. Hotels now are getting into this. There is a hotel in Connecticut that's on a farm, and they grow their own vegetables. So it is food to fork. But I'm telling you, they let you go out and pick your own vegetables. And then they'll cook it for you tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have some of the squash. Oh, the corn looks good. Let's do that. Hey, if I'm paying $300 a night, you're going to pick the vegetables <laughs> for me. But a lot of people think this makes it much better experience. But the, at least they're offering that, okay, that you can pick your own. And another interesting one that, that I would like personally, in Costa Rica, the Marriott in San Jose is right in the middle of a 200-acre coffee plantation. And therefore, their whole food settles around coffee, settles around, uh, and they, they even have classes in how to, to pick coffee and how to uh, uh, do the little cream things. I don't know, decorators and coffee. Just give me coffee. That's all I want. But anyway, finally, and they, of course, they're now all taking the thing with the, uh, that the cruise ships did, chef's table. Meet the, meet the chef, okay? And so you have a, a special dinner with wine, and you meet the chef, and he tells you everything about it. The trend this year is foodies upscale. You get some class. That's what I'm saying, Sam. All right, I went too far on that. We're going to do Vegas Beyond the Strip? We're going to do it. you got two minutes. Do it fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Vegas Beyond the Strip. There is a place that the locals call their own, and it's the Smith Center. Now, who better to tell you about Las Vegas than someone who lives in Las Vegas. There's a lot of uh, travel agents that are trying to sell you a package. It's not necessary. I can teach you how to save money when you come to Vegas. And the Smith Center is one beautiful venue. It's a very intimate showcase. My favorite part of it is not, um, is not the Reynolds Hall or the Children's Museum, but it is to some people. Mine is the cabaret. The cabaret is an intimate, lovely, stylish venue with about 200 tables. And it has stars that are up close and personal to you. We've seen Lucy Arnaz and Dina Martin. And this past week, we saw John O'Herlihy. He was adorable. But you don't want to eat there. You want to go to Lola's. Lola's is right oh, about two blocks from the Smith Center. And they have the best Bananas Foster bread pudding. It is out of this world. And then this is just west of Fremont Street. Now, just east of Fremont Street, a little bit north, is the Mob Museum. And we went, what, what, what? We got time. You want to show the video before you go on to the next one? I do. Yes. I do. Let's look at the video for the Smith Center. That's why it, it, they're there.
And as you see, you can take pictures with the stars, and it's just too much fun. All right, now we'll finish up with where the hell is it? Last show, we asked you to tell us the four top cities in the country called Springfield. They had to be in full cities and incorporated and so forth. Well, Barbara, of course, was the one that answered that. She went to Google and came up with 35 Springfields, okay? <laughs> in fact, she said she found five in her own state of Wisconsin that she didn't know was there, all right? But we're talking about the top five and size and so forth. And that's, we've got one in Missouri, Illinois, Massachusetts, Oregon, and Tennessee. These are all major cities in the different states called Springfield, all right? Now, we got a question for you today at the end here, and I'm going to rush through it. I was reading the Parade magazine. I'm sure you all get it if you still get the Sunday paper. And it said, comfort food in every state. What is it? Well, they're not very good here, people. They had down here for Las Vegas. The comfort food here is Thai. You can't trip over an Italian restaurant, an, a steakhouse in this state, and they're saying Thai is our favorite comfort food. Uh, even I Scott don't isn't favored so. comfort. Uh, which, it, there's no comfort there. Okay, there's experimentation. There's a lot of it of. Uh, but anyway. So I'm asking you, every state's got a comfort food that they kind of push. And I'm going to ask you to find out what state has Brunswick stew as their major comfort one. Run to your newspaper! And, and as I asked you at the beginning of the show, give us an email and say, what is the comfort food in your state? We'll see how good Parade is about this. All right? And I expect to hear from triple the responses. In other words, I want to hear from three people. Okay? <laughs> All right. So, what state loves Brunswick stew? I'll tell you about it next time. We're going to go to Lucille's Barbecue in Henderson. There's another one in Red Rock, and that's where we will go. Thank you for watching us. I'm Susan Sam Shockley. And I'm Patrick Barney, and we'll see you at the next show.